Hello and welcome to another episode of Block Talk, presented by Theatre in the Now. I'm your host as always, Michael Block. Got a project to plug? Want to advertise on the podcast? Hit me up, we'll make it happen. Feel like sponsoring? Let's make that happen too. And as always, follow me on Instagram at MichaelBlockTalk, follow us on Twitter, and visit theaterinthenow.com for latest news, reviews, and interviews. She's the jewel of Astoria, and if you treat her nicely and tip Aria on Venmo, she won't throw a shot glass at you. It's Scientology's own Aria Derchi. Yay! Hello and welcome to me. How are you? I'm well, thank you. It is a nice spring day. I know, I wore shorts. You're wearing shorts and very fun socks. Yeah, I like to look like the nanny from the Muppets Babies, Muppet Babies. Mm-hmm, Muppet Babies. She mm-hmm. always had those crazy socks. Have you watched the revival of the Muppet Babies? No, I've been very busy playing The Sims. Oh, of course, naturally. But yeah, there's a new revival. It's been out for like two years now, and it's very different. Is it cartoon or is it computer animation? It's computer animated. I bet my nephew watches it. Yeah, you, sh- you should ask him. <sighs> he is so complicated. He's well, he's related to you, so I can he's imagine He's very complicated. That. He has lots of expressions. <laughs> so do you. <laughs> I got 30. I don't know that song. You don't know that song. Okay. Well, we're going to talk about everything Ari Darchi. Are you excited to talk about yourself? Oh my gosh, that's all I ever want to do. Well, let us start from the very, very, very beginning. Okay. Where are you from? Indiana. Indiana? What, what, what was life like in Indiana? My parents were ballroom dance instructors, so we were at a ballroom studio a lot like a dance studio a lot my grandparents are square dancers so we were at a lot of ballroom events and we did karate and because i wanted to be a power ranger and then i decided what, which power ranger i wanted to be trini of I course was, she did i was the yellow power ranger two years in a row because my mom didn't know power rangers had gender mm-hmm. and she was like whatever and so i was the yellow power ranger and i had a cat named trini that my dad left some apartment complex in a box when we moved uh, oh we didn't want to take care of her I was really devastated. I didn't find it out until I was like 27, actually. My so, mom... yesterday? Yeah. Well, I'm 31. You're 31? On the record, darling. So now everybody knows. Yeah, I'm not like private about it. I look great. You look fantastic. <laughs> Thank you. Just like I think I look fantastic for 32. Yeah, we all look great. Yeah, exactly. Um, so, you grew up in Indiana. Mm-hmm. Where did you go to school? I went to Franklin Central High School. And I was an FC singer, which was our show choir, and we were top 25 in the nation. And I was a soloist, and I won two awards. What awards did you win? Best male vocalist and best male performer. Amazing. And do you still have, were they trophies or plaques? What were trophies. they? Trophies. I have them at my, they're probably somewhere in Indiana. One of them is definitely broken. Why is it broken? I have no idea. My sister maybe threw it, or it fell, or a cat knocked it over or something. Naturally. My mom's always moving things around, too, so things just tend to fall. So, you mentioned ballroom dance. Mm -hmm. Ballroom dance. Well, that that was fun. It was a ghost! There's a ghost in here! Um, Are you a theater person? Kind of. I mean, yeah, I am a... Well... No. Yes. I went to school for theater. Right. Where um, did you go to school? University of Southern Indiana. And what city is that in? Evansville. It's basically Evansville. Kentucky. Mm-hmm. It's basically Kentucky where Guild is. That, that's true. Um, now, what was it like um, getting a degree in theater? I hated it. Well, I didn't hate it. I hate saying that, but I love the word hate. 
It's my favorite word. Is it your I favorite so. word? Okay. It's like hate and no. I'm a toddler. But I liked it sometimes. I always ended up, I always had to do acting in the show, and I also was the props master or props assistant. Naturally. Or the paint charge or the assistant tech builder, whatever that was called. I forget now. But I was always doing tech work on top of acting and it just got really exhausting and then do you I think it helped to... you looking forward to today do you think doing having those skills during college helped you to create what you do today well i can definitely hang a shelf on a wall and i did that for sissy walk-in for a bono but yeah i think a lot of it helped me like i don't know if it necessarily helped me um organize things as well as i probably should though so you have a degree in theater yeah you come to new york city of course mm-hmm what was it like making that transition? When I first moved here, I moved here in 2011 for one year, and I was working at a temp for a temp agency, and I was working in Financial Times, which doesn't make any sense. And I lived on 43rd and 9th in Manhattan illegally. Wow. And it was really Wait, What do you mean illegally? Well, I was illegally sub. I don't know if I should even say that, but I was illegally subletting from a friend of mine who will remain nameless. Because uh, they're not supposed to sublet those. They're rent controlled. That's true. That's true. So you come to New York, you you sublet illegally, you work mm-hmm. for Financial Times. And then I was a nanny. And then you were a nanny. It was weird. I wasn't ready to move to New York. I just kept telling myself that I needed to move to New York, and then I moved out here, and it was, like, way too soon. And then my mom got sick, and I thought, well, that's a good, like, enough reason for me not to stay here, because I wasn't really happy the first time around. I just, like, couldn't figure out what I wanted to do. So I went home, and I took care of my mom, and then I started doing improv, which is what I actually like doing, as far as theater nice. like, is concerned. Like, comedy and theater, uh, improv and drag. And then you come back to New York, mm-hmm. and then drag and tears left. I came back to New York to be another nanny, and then I quit, and I was like, I'm not doing this anymore. And then I became a drag queen, because I had a dream. You had a dream? Yeah. I told the universe I was really, I was like really confused because I wasn't doing anything with myself and I asked the universe what I should do and I lit a candle and then I blew it out and I went to sleep. Well, well tell us about this dream. I'm telling you, I'm going to tell you, I promise. You ready for it? I'm ready for it. So I had this dream. I told the universe I want to be a drag queen. I didn't tell him I want to be a drag queen. I said, I don't know what I'm supposed to be doing. And I had a dream and all these people kept coming up to me and saying, Aria, you're so beautiful. Aria, you're so talented. Aria, you're so amazing. Aria, that was so cool. And I woke up and I just kept being like, Aria, that's so strange because my name is not Aria. No. It's Josh. And I started talking to all my friends about it and I just kept telling them, like, I had this dream I was drag queen. I'm pretty sure I was beautiful because everyone was telling me I was beautiful. And I used to have a full beard and I was like, well, I'll shave it off. And then I was talking to that Colin. That's crazy. <laughs> And he told me that if I was interested, if I really wanted to become a drag queen, he would film me, like, as Josh, and then wandering around Astoria, and then shaving off my beard and getting into geesh, and then going out in full drag the first time. So he just recreated my dream in nice. a music video. Well, how would you describe Arya in three words? Three? Um, vintage Millennial Killer. You kill vintage millennials? Every day. What else are you going to do? So we learned about the origin story of Aria. Mm-hmm. How did you get the name Derchi? Oh, 
we were walking. I was walking around with a bunch of my straight friends at the time, and we were trying to figure out a last name because I was just going to be Aria, and I mm-hmm. thought, well, I'll just be Aria. Madonna Cher Aria. Just Aria. And people were going to say, whoa, what a revolutionary mm-hmm. thing to do. Except for nobody said that to me. Um, but I was trying to figure out a last name. We were coming up with a bunch of stupid things, and then I heard Aria, Ariana Grande say Ariva Derchi in Hairspray Live, and I thought, oh, there it is. There you go. Because Jaja Gabor has the Ariva Derchi baby, which is what my handle is named mm-hmm. after, and it just felt very kismet. How long does it take to transform into Aria? It really depends on my mood that day and where I wake up. Where you wake up? Mm-hmm. Meaning in your bed or on the floor or in someone else's bed? If I wake up somewhere else that's not my apartment, it takes me much longer to get into drag. Because that means I have to leave that apartment and get to my apartment where all my makeup and razors are. And if I leave someone's apartment, I tend to get lost, like on a walk. And then I'm all by the river and then I'm in the sculpture park and then all of a sudden it's 6.30 and I have a gig at 9. So I've gotten really good about getting it on quick. And I shaved off my eyebrows, so. Do you have any getting ready traditions? Um, I usually yell at myself a lot when I'm putting my lashes on. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. They get glued to my fingers all the time or to whatever I'm trying to apply it with. But I've gotten really good about not yelling at my face. There was a, a long time where I would like just yell at my face like it was going to change. Yeah, of course. Not like it was its fault. I lost it, but I know it's somewhere in here. <laughs> You're, you lost your jewel. I know. And I wasn't even I wasn't even going to smoke it. I just like to hold it. Whatever. It doesn't matter. Um, what? <laughs> She's... This is an Aria Derchi interview if there ever was one. It's so true. I'm like, where did it go? It's right I found there. It. Okay, sorry. Okay, buddy. so what are uh, your top three makeup tips? My top three makeup tips are get a friend like Gilda Wabbit that will give you a bunch of makeup she didn't want to have when she moved, and then you're set for life. There you go. Oh, stealing. And a beauty blender I really love. Great. There you go, kids. Don't listen to Aria Derchi. Don't ever listen to Aria Derchi. Who are some of your inspirations in drag? <laughs> like actual drag performers? Or they don't have to be drag performers. They can be other people. Okay, well, drag performers first. Um, all of my drag sisters, so... Sissy, Walkin, Sherry Poppins, Andy Starling, Pussy Willow, they all inspire me. Heidi Ho, my drag mom, they all inspire me. Judy Darling is so cool. She's like the coolest. Yes, she is. She's so intimidatingly beautiful and skinny and just like perfect looking. And I also really like Vander Von Odd. Like I love Vander. And I went to see Vander and that's when I saw Judy Darling for the first time. Nice. It was a crazy day. That was when I, that was the first week I started, like, I'm like, I'm doing drag. What was your first gig, and what was the first lip sync you performed? My first gig gig was with Gilda at uh, Icon on Wednesdays for Wabbit Hole Wednesday. She asked me to be her DJ a week after I performed at Stonewall. So the first place I performed was at Stonewall, and I made a mix of Gilda Radner and Whitney Houston. Mm-hmm. And it needs work, but... I still perform it because I like it. Yeah, why not? <laughs> and it went over really well. And then Honey was like, here's my number. And I didn't even know who she was when I was talking to her. Oh. She was a judge that night, but she didn't say anything on the microphone. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe we edit this out. She'll hate that. I love Honey Davenport. She gives me beautiful things. <laughs> I have to organize our storage units. I don't have to. I like to. I like to organize anything that's not mine. Incriminating. <laughs> this is why I can't be a Scientologist. <laughs> Well, well, we'll get to that. We'll get to that. But who were some of the first people to help you out on your drag journey? Gilda Wabbit. 
she just, I sent her that clip because Polish the Queen always takes a minute clip and mm -hmm. posts it online. So I sent it to her and then she sent me a message that was just said, babe, let's talk. And she sent me her, her um, phone number and then she sent me a really long text message. I was like, I have this great idea of improving my show and I can't pay you, but I can split tips with you and give you free alcohol. And I was like, cool. So she like really took me under her wing and then Lindsay K really took me under. I'm not, I don't work with Lindsay K for the record, but she's a good friend of mine and she was somebody that really like helped guide me. Um, Sherry Poppins also really is like a good influencer. She and I met each other around when I started. I mean, she's been doing drag for seven years, but when I started, she had just like moved here in Astoria. We live on the same street, just on the opposite side of the avenue. So I used, I see her all the time. All my drag sisters. That's the answer. Final answer. Well, speaking of Lindsay Kay and Sherry yeah. Poppins, you were part of the inaugural season of Iconic. Yeah, I did do that. What was that experience like for you? Hello, I'm Aria from Iconic. It was a lot of fun for me. I didn't think I was going to win because I had just started doing drag and I wasn't padding and I wasn't really like... I was just kind of doing my little weird French girl thing, which I still do, but in a different way now. Um, but I learned a lot because I wasn't making mixes. I didn't have a computer until a month before the pageant, I don't think. So I, uh, any mixes I had, I had somebody else make them. And I had two whole mixes, and they were really like not things that people really wanted to listen to. Because I have a Forever Young mixed with Maya Angelou mix. It's like nobody wants to hear that but me. What was the biggest takeaway from the experience for you? Um, I gained a lot of confidence from it, for sure. Because when I first started drag, I was really, like, doubted myself a lot in drag. Even though I knew that I was performing well, because people were always telling me I was performing well. And I knew that my makeup was, like, not great, but I knew it was better than um, a lot of people starting out. So, like, I don't know, I didn't have a lot of confidence in it, but I didn't have a lot of confidence in Josh also. So, Derch has really helped me, like build up a lot of my confidence. Is there a week in Iconic that you wish you could do over? Yeah. I want to redo Broadway week of every competition I've ever done. Why is that? I fucking hate live singing, even though I'm good at it. But I hate live singing because um, if I'm competing, I want to like bring my best self and I'm really so much better at just like falling into a lip sync because then I can just really like, I don't have to worry about breathing. I don't have to worry about like any of it. Like, so if, if you had a do-over right now to do Broadway Week of Iconic, what would you do? What I wanted to do for Iconic, but it got shot down by a few different people, was I wanted to do Off-Broadway. Uh -huh, I uh -huh. wanted to do Jacques Brel. I wanted to do a whole entire Jacques Brel review, and that got shot down. And then I was like, well, could I do see what I want to see? And they said, uh, that's Off-Broadway. And I said, oh, okay. And then I said, what about the last five years? And they said, well, that's Off-Broadway, too. And I said, The Wild Party. And they said, Tony Collette. I said, hell no. Idina Menzel. And they said, that's <laughs> Off-Broadway. I guess that's my problem, is like everything that I like is off-Broadway. I could have done Pirate Jenny, I guess. You could have. Because they worked. finally went to Broadway eventually. Mm -hmm. It doesn't matter. It sent me a penny. wasn't enough, as my sister says. Well, well, well. I mean, maybe if there's an all-star season one day, we'll make sure it's off-Broadway just for you. Well, it could just be... Sh um, Stage. Show to Yeah. Well, what I really wanted to do is I was going to make like a Harper from Angels in America mix, because I really love Mary Louise mm -hmm. Parker. But then I was like listening to all these Harper... Because she has that mumble mouth, which I also do, so I find it very relatable. But, yeah. And I also want to have cocoa in my breasts. Mm-hmm. Be covered in white fur. So you also recently competed in the Ultimate Track Pageant. I did. After having just done a long-form competition, 
What did you bring from your Iconic experience that helped you with UDPing? Well, after I did Iconic, I did Rock Bar, like right after. Right, which was a little shorter. Which is shorter, but they had a really cool challenge. And you might want to think about snagging it for yourself. Because the finale, they do a 15-minute mm -hmm. version of like what your show would be. I thought that was a lot of fun. That was my favorite challenge I've done for any competition mm -hmm. so far. Yeah, we they um, Lady Liberty used to do that too. Oh, really? Mm -hmm. So Coco appropriated it. Mm -hmm. Jealousy is a disease. Get well soon. <laughs> Shout out Coco Taylor. Holler. This is a woman's blouse. Um, what I learned from Iconic was, like, I don't know. It's so different. The two are so different. They're judged completely different. Like, an Iconic, I feel like there are a lot of categories. So we're getting judged, an Iconic, you're getting judged for, like, creativity, um, your look, presentation, your runway, or whatever the mini challenges, and um, your, like, drink votes. And then at UDP, I think it's just, like, a score of 10. And you get, like, off of your look and off of your talent, I think. I don't know. I didn't get a, an official score breakdown. I didn't get an official score breakdown from either, really, I guess. I just knew what, like, the categories were. Um, but what I learned, and from helping Sissy with Miss Q Train and then helping all these other friends of mine that went into pageants ramble, attention to detail and just trust, like, that anything that I decide to do is going to be really good. Yeah. Did you see my carousel? I did. I saw I clips of that. Like that. Mm -hmm. What was the biggest difference of the two competitions for you? Um... With Iconic, if I didn't feel the same way that I did during UDP. During Iconic, I felt like really light and like everything was fun and we were really having a good time. And I like built a really strong sisterhood. And then during UDP, I just kind of was like, I have to win this. Like I got into such like a crazy Melrose from America's Next Top Model mm -hmm. mindset where I was just like, I have to win this. And like, if I don't win this, it's the end of the world kind of thing. And so I didn't really have fun. I had fun. Because I really liked the numbers I did. And I really liked the looks that I turned out. You put a lot of pressure on yourself. I put too much pressure on myself. And then and, I was just like... You also used a bunch of your sisters to help you get through it, which is always a good thing. Yes. So Andy Starling is and Sissy Walken are just like the best people I know. And they're the best people for me anyway. And if anybody wants to take them from me, they can have them. No. No. You no. can't even loan them out. Oh, there you go. What New York City drag queen that you've yet to work with is on your dream list? Like, work with? Yeah, like, to perform with. To, like... Like, do a show with yeah, them, I mean? Yeah, gig with them. A gig? Um, I've just done so many shows. You know what I really like to do, like, a two-person show with? You know what I really want to do is nightgowns. Yeah. Can I... Is that... Can sure. I my answer? So, Sasha Sasha and Friends. And Friends. I really want to meet Vander. Yeah, you want to meet Vander? I love Vander. What would you say to Vander? Say, well, I've met Vander. Right. And um, she's very nice. I give her. Well, what would you her. say to Vander right now? I say, hey, Vander, do you ever name that Wizard of Oz piece? Because I asked her on the internet. Mm -hmm. She was live one time on some social media. And I asked her if she had a name for it. Have you seen it where she no. sews her mouth shut and then she has this gauze over her mouth and she conducts somewhere over the rainbow and the audience sings it? It's so cool. Oh, cool. That was so cool. If you could create any show at any venue, what would it be called, and what could we expect to see? Well, Gilda Wabbit and I were talking about making a spinoff of Nightgowns for Astoria called Bloomers. Mm -hmm. So maybe I would work on that. I really 
I really want to create more spaces for drag in general in Astoria. So I guess it has to be a showcase format. I do. So Sissy and I are working on a show. That's something. It's called Storyteller. Mm-hmm. And then each week we bring, well, I want it to be a monthly, honestly, because if it, if I do it the way that I really want to do it, then we are all telling one story the way that kind of Heidi does at her shows when she's like, I need to do something. I'm going to tell the story of a star is one. You're like, cool. And so you're like telling a story and then filling it in with everything. But I also just want to watch people do like production numbers because I get, I like drag, like all types of drag and I think all performance is valid. But I always just really like watching someone like tell a little story and put on a little show. That's why I like Sherry so much because she'll just bring a random prop and out of nowhere she just has her tiny dancer. Yeah. There it is. It was so simple. It was right there. But like everyone gags and it's clean and it's like good. And sometimes it doesn't even fly. And that's the best part. It's true. You want to play a game? Yeah, okay. We're going to play this or that. Okay. So I'm going to give you two things. You have to tell me which one you prefer. Okay. If you want to give an explanation, you're allowed to, but this or that. Okay, okay. Cats or dogs? Cats. Ballet or opera? Ballet. In sync or Backstreet Boys? In sync. Real world or road rules? Road rules. Icon or albatross? Icon. Winter or summer? Summer. North or south? Mm, south. Pen or pencil? Pen. Text or call? Text or who? Call. Oh, call. FaceTime? No, call. Call? Okay, call. Witches or ghosts? Witches. Bong or bowl? Ooh. It depends on the situation. I use a one-hitter, so I will say a bowl. John Travolta or Tom Cruise? <sighs> John Travolta. I always thought he was my dad. Oh, yeah? Growing up. I thought that John Travolta and Kirstie Alley were my parents in, in Look Who's Talking forever. Naturally. They look a lot like them. <laughs> Love or money? Love. Truth or dare? Dare chi. Well, speaking of truth or dare chi. <gasps> this is a show that I do sometimes. Yeah, tell us about it. Well, the first Thursday of every month at Rock Bar, I have a show. It's supposed to start at 8, but I start at 7.30. And then until Drag Race is over, after that show, I have a Drag Race viewing party. So I get to be there for three hours in drag, and I can do whatever I want. And I'm using one of Sherry Poppins' games at my show. Oh, I've heard rumors. Well, oh yeah, we were in the car. Yeah, that's true. What what can we expect to see in this show that's different from other shows in the city? I have my imagination station, so I always have my suitcase full of just random props, and I just go around my house before I leave, and I just start throwing things in it, and I say. Well, well tell us I about the um, origins of the imagination station. I brought a lot of stuff to the finale of Rock Bar. I brought my record player, and I had a bunch of shit that I wanted to like change into and use on stage but i didn't have i didn't want it to get messy up there and there's no and before coco renovated it you know <laughs> coco so renovated handy. her hand. yeah but before she and her her missionary mm-hmm. renovated rock bar there was not like anywhere that i could put all that stuff where it wouldn't just be a huge eyesore right and then i thought well i can just set up a table with my things on it and then my mom i had been talking to her earlier that day and your real mom or your My dad real mom? mom, Shari Rankert. Shari, S-H-A-R-I, Sorry with an H. That's what she always says. Um, but earlier that day I was talking to her and she had been watching my nephew, Mickey, and they have Imagination Station. And that's, and like she had been talking about Imagination Station. We're working on colors and blocks and da da da. And so in the moment I just called it Imagination Station. I didn't plan on it. I was just like, I have all this shit over here. I better tell them that it's something. And then I just realized that like that was my anchor for the show is the my imagination and i made up like everything that i did essentially other than like the numbers that i sent in 
the poem that I recited from Shel Silverstein. Just thought of it in the moment. No, nice, nice. Thank you. you you're an improv queen. Just a little Maya Angelou over here. Is there anything different about performing at Rock Bar compared to any other venue? Um, well, I really love working at Rock Bar. Rock Bar is probably one of my favorite bars in all of the city. And I think it's just because everyone that goes there is so eccentric and so, like, off the wall like myself that if I want to do, like, some really weird, obscure deep cuts, two people might even know the words to it in yeah. there. And they're just going to give me money and they're going to watch me do whatever weird things I did. Last time I hosted Drag Race, it was the night of the finale of UDP so during a commercial break I just told them to watch me steam my garment and I put on uh, the Breakfast at Tiffany's soundtrack for the yeah. score and then I just steamed my That's Aria Derchi. It's very Derchi. Why is Truth or Derchi important to you? Truth or Derchi is very important to me because it's the only place that it's the only show that I've had of my own. Like I've I've had a show at Wednesday as an icon pretty much since I started as a DJ, but it's the first place that I've gotten to just do my own show where I can start it and set the tone the way that I need to set it because I don't, I don't, I feel like my drag is not like necessarily super different than anyone else's. I just feel like my music choices are a little mm -hmm. more obscure, so it definitely works better at Rock Bar. And I feel like I can be super brave there because they're just gonna be like, we love you. That's fair. Where do you see your drag in five years? Hopefully in the garbage. I'm hopefully living in that hill house I'm trying to build. But if that's not the case, five years from now, so if I haven't like scratched through anywhere in New York, I plan to move somewhere else. And so I was thinking Rhode Island or Seattle, one of those two okay. places. Is like, but I, feel, I love New York so much and I can't imagine moving. And Sissy and Andy and Pussy Will all made it very clear that I'm not allowed to move anytime soon. Well, there you go. There's your answer. But I will be um, running my cleaning business with Sissy Walken for Drag Queens. Is there a name for it? She has one, and I forgot what it said. <laughs> Great business already. Yeah, well, we're working out the kinks, mm -hmm. you know. So, drama, it's inevitable in New York nightlife. Uh -huh. Do you find yourself staying away or fueling the fire? And in the age of social media, is there a way to prevent drama and just coexist peacefully? Yeah, usually I'm pretty good about staying out of the drama online, except for when I did it the one time, and I felt fine about it, because it's not anything I wouldn't have said up to anyone's face, but for the most part on social media, I'm just posting, like, pictures of Ari Derchi, so my mom can look at them, she's my biggest fan, and videos, and I'm watching them, my videos, like... I'm the only, I'm like in love with myself. It's no, no way. way, bro. I'm so in love with myself. But I think that's important. It is, it is. Like, I didn't really love myself until I started doing drag. See, I mean, drag does wonders for people. Yeah, drag like made me want to take care of myself because I was presenting myself in a way that I had never really presented myself before. And people really take notice of you. Yeah. Even if you are looking, even if you feel like you're looking disgusting that day, and you show up and you're like, well, I put this face on in 15 minutes, and they're like, well, we love you, here's $100. No one gave me that. Not yet, not yet. <laughs> fingers crossed, fingers crossed. Have, have, I have been getting big bills lately, though, which I do enjoy. You love big bills? And I cannot lie, except for Bill Cosby. True, true. Have you had a moment where someone's come up to you and been like, you've inspired me? A lot. What so does that feel like? It really feels cool. It's like, I don't know, it feels like, it feels really cool, and you've 
I try to be. So here's the thing. I'm like really in love with myself, but I also don't take compliments as well as you would think that I do. Correct. That so, is a fact. That is a fact. So like anytime that someone's come up to me, I think the most of like Sissy came up to me and was just like after Rock Bar and she was really inspired after she saw my set because she said it was the first time she realized that But you have to do it in Sissy voice. Say it in Sissy voice. <clears throat> Bitch. I that's the first time I ever realized that I could just do whatever the fuck I want on stage. People gonna watch it. People gonna like it. So I'm not gonna focus on these Manhattan chick shit no more. I'm gonna do me. So that mm-hmm. was cool. Heidi told me that she was inspired by me for her transitions of first toe. Like the radio okay. static yeah. and all that. She was like, I got really inspired by that. Because of my, like, I always am using like a radio or a TV somewhere is like in the ether. Mm-hmm. Especially when I'm killing somebody on stage. It's true. Um, Andy Starling always tells me how inspired they are by me too. Like a lot of, all my drag sisters have told me that they're inspired by me. And that's what about strangers? Strangers always come up to me and say, can I have sex with you? And I say, how much? <laughs> there you go. There you go. Well, are you ready to play some tea time? Yeah. I have a very but long list. not capital T. Not capital T. No. Lowercase T. Okay, sure. Okay. So I have a, lo- I have a long list. Okay. And you're going to spill some tea on some of your sisters, your friends, your colleagues, your co-stars. And some of my enemies. You're some of your enemies. Oh are you ready? Mm-hmm. Let's start off with... Are you ready? Are you ready, kids? Yeah, I am. Let's start with Gilda Wabbit. That's my favorite person. As the nicest person, maybe, that ever has lived. Gilda's a super Gemini. She's, like, so balanced. There have been times where I was try to vent about something and she would just be like did you ever think about this from the other person's perspective she's always giving you like the hard reality but she's also really fun and whimsical and she's always down for some spell work yeah Mm -hmm. what's the most iconic spell she's you've seen her do we're not supposed to talk about it but that's it all right okay 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 (laughs) Next, we have Boudoir Lafleur. Boudoir Lafleur is so cool. That's somebody that told me they were inspired by me once. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Boudoir Lafleur told me that, and this, I, I love talking about myself, and it's fine, because the person that's going to listen to this, Andy Starling, my mother, Sissy Walken, Pussy Willow. Yeah. Your mom. No, I don't think my mom knows how to work my podcast. I'll send it to her on okay. a cassette tape. What was the question? I'm so sorry. Bo- no, Boudoir. Oh, Boudoir. I love Boudoir Lafleur. She came up to me and told me... Maybe this was like a month ago. She just told me that when she saw me do Carousel for the first time at Polish the Queen, that it was the best, one of the best drag numbers she's ever seen in her life. And she said she used to do Carousel when she started, and she doesn't. She's just gonna pull out for special occasions if that. Oh, interesting. Maybe I, maybe you two should do edit. I want. I've been talking to her like here and there over the past like six months because I met Boudoir my six week in drag we all Gilda Boudoir and I all did a show together at Icon because she was the guest and I was only supposed to do one number but I ended up getting to do five numbers because the audience wow. was like the audience was living for us we did a suicide our dra- a roulette sorry Sherry and um, we made like I think we made like $150 each in tips at Icon on a Wednesday it was insane and that's the first it's time I did. In the membrane. That was the first time I did my Ani DeFranco spoken word, mm-hmm. and Gilda was like this the whole time, <gasps> gagged. Yeah, I I miss Gilda so much because she was really like, bitch, keep doing what you're doing. But she's still we talk on the phone, so good. Yeah. it's all good. Next we have Amelia Reasons. Mm-hmm. Oh, Amelia Reasons, I like a lot. I've known Amelia since before she was Amelia when she was talking about being Amelia, and what I like about 
anyone that you meet when they first start drag, especially if you've been doing it a little bit longer than them too, you can feel like a sense of pride when their looks start getting really elevated, when they really start like putting in the effort. Because I remember Johnny Gaga would just come to open floors and he would like do his Gaga dances and he would like wear his hat with his fringe coat mm -hmm. and people were like, yes. And he would just show up and just like be practicing. And then I got to do a show with Megami for Gender Blender and Amelia was there, and it was just so fun to watch. I got, like, I always get really emotional. Like, the first time I saw Zavaletta perform, I cried. You cried? And she was, I, yeah. And she was doing It's Raining Men. It was so mm -hmm. stupid. I was just, like, was, like, oh, my God, that's, yeah. like, a baby. Like, I, this is a baby that we, we, like, adopted all these stray, like, babies. We did. We did. We did. <laughs> well, speaking of someone who's not a baby anymore, Gina Tonic. Gina Tonic, I made her into a sim yesterday. I thought it'd be really funny if the paparazzi was Gina Tonic, but the problem is, is that the paparazzi wears like a special paparazzi costume. So when she wasn't wearing the Trixie Mattel like mod mask, uh -huh. she looked like Glenn Close in a scary wig. <laughs> Let me show you. Hold on. I, <laughs> hold on. I have a video. Oh my god. I also and made you know Sherry what's funny? Poppins, Jack, Sissy Walken, Andy Starling, Michelle Shot, Audrey Phoenix. Jacqueline Hyde, Pussy Willow, myself, like, I, Tiffany and Carlos are there too. I didn't want to leave my apartment after I lost UDP because I felt very, um, defeated, but it wasn't because of anybody else. It was just like, that's just how I felt. There, there was one time I went to a Gina's show and took pictures and I swear she looked like Glenn Close the entire time. That makes sense. But I just kind of shut myself in and then I just played The Sims for like a week. Oh wow. That, what, wow. That, that is fascinating. Yeah. I can send this to you, and you can attach it to the video if you... Yeah, I'm enjoy. going to. But well, Gina Tonic told me that she's my aunt a long... Excuse me, a long time ago. And she's my Aunt Gina. So she's really good to me, which I know some people would be shocked by to hear, because some people have a very negative opinion about Gina, or very mixed opinions about her. But I think she's changed a lot since I first met her. She doesn't drink as much anymore, so I don't think she's as, like angry and she has a lot of her own gigs that she made for herself so i don't think she feels the pressure that i like constantly putting myself yeah why, are, why is this happening for them and not i don't usually do that too much but like sometimes you're just kind of like oh, what about me jan brady but i love gina next we have misty mountains i love misty mountains she's somebody that i met really early on in drag because she's one of Lindsay's friends and people she's her weird little horse i love misty the thing about misty is she's just so sexy and, like, I've never been comfortable, like, being sexy. Mm -hmm. And so watching Misty just kind of, like, own all of her, just, like, she's so sexy. I love Misty. And next, her mixes are funny. Yeah, 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 they are. Well, next we have Petty Cake. I love Petty Cake's mixes. My, so, Gilda made mixes, but she didn't, like, make as many mixes as Petty does. Like, I feel like Petty is constantly... Especially lately, she's been turning out like a new mix every week. And Petty's mixes are always really so smart. My big struggle, I, the reason I was running a little late today is I'm making a new mix and I was trying to find a button and then I changed the whole entire layout of it and then I was like, I gotta leave this. <laughs> it was getting so messy. But um, Petty, I get really inspired by her because Petty and I started drag around the same exact time and I remember she would come, she came to a few of Gilda's open floors and then... Um, she got the gig and then she asked me if I would become, if I'd be her DJ. 
I think that you guys had like talked to her yeah. about it too, which was very good, and I was very grateful. Um, and she was like, "Hey sis, like I wouldn't leave you in the lurch. Why don't you come on?" And so now I'm there every other Wednesday, and then I'm at Albatross with for Pussy Party for her DJing. So nice. now I have three, like DJing gigs, because I'm a DJ. DJ Dirty. DJ Dirty. <laughs> Next we have Coco Taylor. I love Coco Taylor. Coco Taylor is what I wish I could be, just somebody that's exudes positivity and kindness and just doesn't hold any kind of like initial grudge i always have so many walls and shelters and like the minute i meet someone i'm just like i don't want to i don't want to know you or i'm like you're trying too hard and i'm like i'm the one's probably trying too hard just being like moody and beautiful and coco is just so like kind and funny and genuine and just like good people i hate coco taylor yeah horrible (laughs) horrible 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 Horrible. Who gave her the audacity? Mr. Taylor. Mm, if you're nasty. Whoop. Next, Boyish Charm. Yeah, Boyish Charm is cool. I like their mixes a lot. And I can't wait to see what they end up doing. Next is Vivica Galactica. Vivica Galactica is a sister of mine. We had a little bit of a beef for one moment, but it was not because... She didn't really do anything wrong. I was just, like I told you, so moody during the entire UDP. I was really like Natalie Portman in Black Swan. I was like constantly like, picking bird feathers out of myself. And I got like mad at her because she touched my prop. But I didn't need to get like mad at her. I just like was mad overall just about the whole entire, my whole life. And then I just took it on everybody that day. Yeah. And we like, we kind of have come to like an okay place. That's I, good. I reached out to her. Uh, like a few weeks ago and like sent her a long message because she was the bigger person she and Kiki were much bigger people than I was because I was just going to sit and stew and like for no reason just like that time I was mad at Clarice Dubois for no reason she was doing she was singing Pirate Jenny and I was like what but that's my song but then Gil is always like no song belongs to anybody and Sasha Valor did it before you I'm like whatever (laughs) so I don't know I like Vivica a lot I think that what she does is special I like her point of view I like her drag, and so I want to see more from her, and, um, yeah. Who's next? Next is Kiki Ball Change. Kiki Ball Change was the winner of Ultimate Drag Pageant. She is a good drag queen. She beat me, and I was so mad. I wasn't mad at her. I was just so mad in general that I lost. (laughs) And I thought, I thought that I kept my composure really well. I found out later I did not. But, um... Did you have, like, a blackout moment? I don't know what happened up there. I just, like, my mouth dropped, and then I just kind of, like, stood there, and somebody gave me a bouquet of flowers, and then I just was like, I want to go. I want to leave. I was like, I'm ready to go. I don't want to be here. And then I left, like, the seating area of, of, um, whatever, the Weston Lounge, and I went to, like, the bar area, and that's when Tiffany came out, and I was like... I need your jewel. Because Andy had my purse, and that's where my jewel was. And that's the only thing I really wanted, that and some marijuana. But I was just, like, jonesing hard. I was like, this is all. I need a cigarette. I really wanted a cigarette. Nobody smokes these days. Anyway, um, then I said, I guess I said very loudly, that I don't want to fucking be here. And then I threw my bouquet of roses. And I said, I don't want these. And I left. <sighs> you know. Do you regret it? Yes. <laughs> I do, in a, I mean, I do, because, like, I don't want that reputation. I, but I was just, like, I didn't, I didn't even think losing was a possibility, because I was 
told you, like, I was so in my head, like, that Melrose black swan. Just like, I gotta win, I gotta be perfect. Doesn't help that my drag sisters were always backstage being like, all right, bitch, you gotta be your best, and, like, you gotta make sure you're doing this, and da-da-da, I'm like, oh, God. And Andy's like, oh, we gotta look beautiful, but don't break this necklace I'm letting you borrow, darling. <laughs> I'm like, what? And he's like, oh, those blue tights I bought you for $15, you decided to cut holes in them. Well, at least you won that week, right? I was like, oh, God. Oh. So, I don't know. I was. I also felt a lot of pressure because I had so many of my sisters like backing me during that pageant too. That I was just like, I felt like I let a lot of people down. And it didn't help that they were all sitting in the front row and they all looked like they were about to cry. And I was just like, I hate this. But Kiki Bell Change is really talented. Her mixes are always really strong. She's really got like her brand, like her character down. Like nice. And I really, she put a new picture up where she's like a clown paint. Mm-hmm. I thought it was hot. I thought it was Sherry Poppins at first, and I was like, wait, that's Kiki. So Sherry Poppins, watch out. Next, uh-huh. Johanna. She's a very talented makeup artist. I like her concepts a lot. I think that her mixes are funny. Like, her ideas are funny. I think that she needs more practice. Just, like, just more practice. Yeah. With, even if that means going to an improv class or going to an acting class or going to a dance class or just going to some kind of class. Yeah. Go to class, Johanna. Next, name of the person who can drive her there. Carlos, the Uber driver. <laughs> Carlos, I love Carlos so much. People, he's also one of those, they're also one of those people that has like hit and miss, they're misunderstood. They're Aquarii, like the two of us. And Kiki's also an Aquarius, so that's probably why we like resolved pretty quickly. Because mm-hmm. she, she unfriended me after I threw a tantrum, but that was rightfully so. Because if someone threw a tantrum when I had one rock bar, I, or... When I had won UDP, like, I would have... I still wouldn't be talking to them. Yeah. So Kiki's a much bigger person than me, and so is Vivica. I'm, but I'm also pretty petty, and I know that. My, What was the question? Carlos Libra Driver. Love Carlos. Carlos is one of my favorite people. Carlos is always good to me. Anytime I go over there, I, like, will clean. I just, like, start tidying up. Because one time... Here's why I love Carlos. I did a show at the West End Lounge with Wendy Wexwood. And Carlos and Tiffany were there, and Andy was there. And Andy and Car- and Tiffany were outside, and the whole time Andy was drawing a picture of Tiffany. He didn't even watch my show. Neither one of them watched my show. How dare she? Uh, it's Italian. But neither one of them watched my show, but Carlos did. And then Carlos and Tiffany invited us back to their apartment. I guess I had been there, like, the week before with Sherry Poppins, I guess. Anyway, push come to shove. I was wearing this black wig, and Carlos told me to take, take your hair off, sweetie, and you just style it right there. Like, no questions, no nothing. He just styled my hair. And he was like, I think this is what you were going for, sweetie. And I was like, this is so gorgeous. And then she was like, yeah, the first one's on the house. And da, da, da. So then now I'm just like, oh, I should have beautiful hairs like these. So make it work. <laughs> Next, Pussy Willow. Pussy Willow is my asexual life partner that is platonic. My platonic asexual life partner. That's it? That's all you got on Pussy Willow? No, Pussy Willow is amazing. Pussy Willow is so good to me. Pussy Willow, like, really got me out of a bad... Helped me get out of a bad funk that I was... I've been in a bad funk my whole life, I guess. <laughs> but I was in a really bad funk. Um, you know. And meeting people like Pussy and Andy and Sissy really helps. And just meeting people that are similar to you with their ideas and what their interests are too. Like Pussy Willow and I, all of our interests are very much the same. Pussy Willow is definitely like the 
version of me with a vagina. Because Pussy Willow is gender non-conforming, so like, I don't really view Pussy Willow as male or female. But I also don't view myself as male or female. So I think we're like a really great, like, duo. And I'm glad that I gave her a second chance. What would this show be of the two of you? Pussy Party, uh, Albatross, the second Wednesday of every month. What would a Aria, Dergy, and Pussy Willow show be? Let's see. Oh. Aria Pussy. No, because Sissy and I are doing Aria Sissy. Oh, okay. I can't just be running around town with, like, Aria Sherry, Aria Poppins, like, Aria Starling. People would be like, Aria's so unoriginal. I would be crying (laughs) in my bed with my dolls. Um, I don't know what Pussy in my show would be called. I want to say it would just be, like, Nora Ephron presents a drag show. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. All right. Interesting. Next, we have Lacey Stoner. I love Lacey Stoner because she's my kind of people. She's a stoner. Yeah. I'm I'm Aria Derchi. Aria because I'm high and beautiful. Derchi because I don't want to be places. Lacey's so cool. I love the way she looks. I think Lacey's another queen that's really sexy and just really embraces, like, their whole entire self. It's cool to see anyone that's doing something that's not the norm of drag. And I feel like Lacey is always doing something that's out of the box and cool. Nice. Yeah. And I think her look is really fun. Hot. Like, Lacey's hot. Yeah, you find Lacey hot? (sighs) Ish. (laughs) (laughs) That's funny, that's funny. Next we have Seraphim. I love Seraphim. She's somebody that tells me that um, I inspire them, too. Yeah? Yeah, she's a wild child creature. Seraphim is the shiny penny of Astoria. I love shiny penny, therefore I love Seraphim. I think Seraphim's looks are always really beautiful. I think Seraphim's music choices are really smart. Like... I would totally sit down and just have, like, a music session with Seraphim. I don't want to talk to Seraphim, but I would listen to music with Seraphim. <laughs> I can only listen to Seraphim complain about how skinny she is for so long. <laughs> but other than Ooh, that, I think Seraphim is great, and um, I like what she's been doing. I will really liked watching her in Iconic, because I'd only really seen her uh, popping up at, like, random... I saw her at Macri a few times, and, like, she'd come to... I feel like she came to Wednesdays. I don't really remember now anymore. And I saw her at Rock Bar a few times, but, like, I really got to see, like, Seraphim's point of view during Iconic. That's why I think it's cool about Iconic, is, like, even if you don't win Iconic, like, you do feel like you're, at least your point of view is being taken into account, and, like, people are seeing that. One thing that did bug me about Iconic, I'll tell you, I had a hole in my stocking during the Chop Challenge that wasn't there until I showed up to Icon because it was a brand new pair of tights and it got snagged. And I did this amazing number for Queen, for Chopped. I did Good Old Fashioned Lover Boy where I set a table and everything. It was so good. I'm revolutionary. And um, Kareem McJagger couldn't stop looking at the one tiny hole in my tight. Listen, I I have been there as a judge. I've called Audrey Phoenix out on it this season. Audrey Phoenix doesn't wear tights. Sure she does. She's a woman. Oh, she's a woman. Well, you know what? Talk about Audrey Phoenix next. Cool. Audrey Phoenix, I like a lot. Audrey Phoenix is one of those people that I, I met her at the albatross auditions when they were trying to like fill in all the new yeah. spots. So I met her briefly there, and I didn't like vibe with her at the moment. Because she's one of those people that's kind of like, I don't know. I didn't like click with her. I might not have even talked to her though. Because you know how I am. Sometimes yeah. I'm like, that person's that way. And it's like, no, Ari, it's like you're stoned. You just think that you're talking to people and you're just sitting by yourself. Um, but Audrey, I really like a lot. I think her mixes are really funny. I like, I love the way her look has been. You know, a number I actually really enjoyed was her New York number. 
where she got hit by a car. Mm-hmm. I thought that was funny. Yeah. I really liked her pulling those um, flags. What were those? Little just scarves. Like, little scarves Magician just scarves. out of her breast and that left and right. And I was just like, I didn't even know. Like, how does she have space in there for all that stuff? Magic. Uh, she's magic. Audrey Phoenix is great. Audrey Phoenix is great. Next, we have Patsy and Decline. Patsy and Decline. And I, first of all, have the same birth name, Josh, mm-hmm. and the same birth date, February 16th. Wow. Are you I the know. same person? Yeah. Yeah. We're both just hopped up on meth and running around <laughs> with our insane clown posse. Why? Where, where did this meth rumor start? I don't know. I never heard it until um, like the of, roast. Yeah. And I, didn't, I wasn't at the roast because I had a show that night. So I just heard about it later. Mm-hmm. And I think it was Andy Starling was just like, it was so funny. Everyone just kept saying, oh, Patsy's a meth addict. And she thought that she was so tickled by that. Andy Starling. She's so, she's so funny. She's just like, so funny to me. You ready for the next person? Okay. Ducky Shea Boy. Ducky Shea Boy is <laughs> Kirstie Alley. Like, right? Okay, okay, okay. You see it? No, look at Ducky in your eye. Like, look in your brain. She could totally I can see it. Like. I can see it. Ducky is so cool. I love Ducky. I love Patsy and Ducky because whenever we did Iconic with Ducky, they would invite me over to their apartment all the time. And I would, I didn't get to go over there all the time. But I would go over there like maybe once a week if I could go over there once a week. So I'm like every other week for sure. And they always are having some kind of party in their backyard. Yeah. And every time I go over there, somebody's in a dress. They're all in heels. Mm-hmm. And even if they're just like in cargo pants and like a orange polo. They're in like these gigantic sex kitten heels. I love that. I love that house. I love those people. They're just like genuinely good people and they are just trying to do whatever whatever their art is, like that's what they're doing. Next we have Nicolonoscopy. Nicolonoscopy is also an Aquarius. I really like Nicole. I remember whenever I first met Nicole for the icon photo shoot, I text Guild and I was like, I'm excited to become friends with Nicolonoscopy. And then we started Iconic. And I was like, I hate her. But it wasn't because of anything she was doing. It's just like she was winning. And I was just like, Ugh, but what about me? I have the Jan Brady complex. I just really suffer from like, what about me? But I love Nicole. She's always been really nice to me. She's always been really good to me. Like anytime that she has a guest spot that she could throw my way, she does. And we work together a lot. And that's what's really nice too. Is like, I don't mind losing Nicole. Cause I've, and I don't mind losing Kiki either. I just don't like to lose. It's fair. Yeah. Losing is hard. Well, we grew up in, like, kind of a competitive household. Because we were, like, in competitive dance, and we were yeah. in competitive karate, and we were in competitive baseball, and all those other show choir. <sighs> Ballroom dancers, man. They're fucked up. Are you ready to talk about your mama? Which one? Heidi Ho. Yeah. Heidi Ho is the coolest drag queen, maybe, to ever grace the earth. Next to myself, of course. I One of the things that I like to do at my home is I watch Heidi's YouTube channel from when she did So You Think You Can Drag. Because... Mm-hmm. I get so much inspiration from just watching Heidi be Heidi. Heidi is just so, like, in her element when she's performing. And she never comes off as insincere. It always comes off as just, like, super genuine, super fun. Sometimes she's not having it, but she always handles those situations, I think, really well. Like, if someone's too drunk, she's like, she can, like, put them in their place really quick and be like, no, this is my show. Give me a dollar. Sit down and have your little margarita. Um, I love Heidi. Every time I'm, I'm feeling, like, uninspired, I'll watch a Heidi video or I'll text Heidi and I'll be like, hey, what's up? And she's like, I'm not feeling great today. Like, sometimes you get really burnt out because mm-hmm. it's, like, running around and doing 
the same numbers like everywhere and you're just kind of like why am I doing this I'm so bored although lately I've been challenging myself just to do like brand new stuff because I'm bored mm-hmm. with everything that I do except for carousel and my party for one mix because I'll never get tired of that because yeah. I'm still going through it but Heidi. Heidi. Heidi, I love. Heidi gives me so many opportunities. Heidi, like, really takes care of me. She really took me under her wing. And I thought we were all joking when she was adopting me. And then whenever she really did adopt me, it felt like... I just felt really, um... Like, really good. Yeah. Well, speaking of someone who wasn't thrilled with your adoption, Nona. Nona, Chandelier. Well... I think that Nona secretly loves me. It's like a V.C. Andrews novel, mm-hmm. you know, where it's like, I'm this this bastard child that Heidi had with Gilda, and she probably shouldn't have had it with him, because I think they're cousins. Okay, okay. And, like, that's why... Well, then, now that makes a lot more sense. Well, she always says, like, ah, I took over where Gilda wasn't allowed. Well, because Lindsay was like, oh, no, Gilda, Gilda can't adopt anybody. Like, this is no, absolutely not. But we'll find you somebody else. I'm like, okay... Um, I love Chandelier. I think Chandelier is a really talented makeup artist. I think her looks are always really polished. I think her singing is incredible. I think her stage perf- like presence is just really commanding. And I know that lots of people think that she doesn't like me, but she's always very nice to me in person and on the internet, even though she did one time send me um, an Instagram story that said, you are not my grandchild, period. <laughs> and I laughed really hard about that yeah shandy's good i love lauren order too aunt lauren aunt lauren they shandy wants to paint me and lauren wants to do my hair so i need to go over there on a day that i have a gig and just be like all right girls yeah. do me up because heidi always says that they are her she's Rapun- or, um she's sleeping beauty and they're her like fairy godmothers yeah. in the woods nice next up is another tall drag queen andy starling andy starling is my one of my best friends in the whole world I was just hanging out with her last night until like 3.30 in the morning making gin tonic on The Sims. Because she... So I was making a mix yesterday. I was trying to finish my Scientology mix mm-hmm. that I've been just conceptualizing for a while. And Andy's texted me... Well, he was texting her group message. And he was like, girls, I think I'm going to go to Icon tonight and check out Sherry's show. And I was like, cool, have fun. I'm working on a mix. And then he texted me. He was like, well, what mix are you working on? I'm like, I'm working on a Scientology mix. And he's like, oh, maybe I should come and have a listen. And I was like, well, I haven't actually started. I'm like, I'm pulling this source material. And he's like, oh, well, like, let me know. And so I was at Posty so I and she was talking to her roommate, Christian. So I had to wait. And he just keeps texting me. He's like, so do you know if I can come over yet? I'm like, well, I mean, Posty is like having a conversation with somebody at the moment. If you really want to come over give her a phone call so andy called her on her phone and then she went and answered and she's like hello and he's like hi aria dare to really wants me to come over (laughs) and um she's afraid to go talk to you wherever you are at the moment and is it okay if i come over and listen to her make her mix and she's like of course so andy just came over and the thing i love about andy most so andy just feels like the best type of my like my my sisters are just like the best because out of drag they're still like my sisters but they're just like my siblings and he just feels like the perfect big brother you mm-hmm. know just yeah. like I love Andy he takes care of me he treats me well he like really supportive and they really inspire me nice next sissy walking sissy walking bitch that's my ride or die we're gonna get arrested together on city bikes. Or something. She's going to get arrested. I don't know about the city bike. I don't know if they're going to arrest her. But she calls them almost every day to tell them that there are no city bikes in her area. Mm-hmm. And she'll call them up and she's like, 
Hi, yes, I'm calling to tell you that there are no city bikes in my area and the Dittmar is a story of Boulevard area. And she starts yelling at these people on the phone, these poor, like, workers. And they're like, well, and she's like, I'm just calling in to tell you. I'm like, well, is there anything else we can do for you? And she just always says, no, get more bikes. There you go. There you go. Do they get more bikes? No. (laughs) She calls them every day. She's so mad about it. But I love Sissy. She always puts me to work. She's always like, hey, Aria, you want to come over for coffee? And then I come over and she's like, has a craft for me to do. She has some kind of project for me. She's like, we're, we're organizing her shoe rack. And she's like, oh, Aria, I want, that's why I put up that shelf on her wall. Because she was like, I told her that I could put up shelves. Because I've fallen off. And I told her I could do it. And then I did it. I and wish someone could clean my room. I told you, if you ask us, we will give you a rate. And we will come and go crazy. I'm poor. I need someone to do it for free. Aww. Was... Pot kettle. I'll be the kettle. <laughs> I'll get someone to do it. Don't you worry. I'll plant my own tree. That's what Judy thought. Yeah. Well, finally, Hmm. Sherry Poppins. Sherry Poppins is cool as fuck. Sherry Poppins is my is my other writer. Those are my writer die bitches. Those three right there. The House of Vintage Millennials and Jax. You didn't put Jax on. I didn't put Jax. But Jax is gonna get an honorable mention shout out because that's my other sister and I love Jax. Uh, Sherry Poppins inspires me. You know, I there was a while where I was really busy and so like she and I didn't get to see each other uh, for like a good month. Like we were just texting or we would maybe be able to get a coffee because we live a block away from right. each other, like three minute walk. That's not a joke. And, um, I wasn't, I didn't get to see her. So then I was making time to go to her shows and I went to her Albatross show and I don't know where she just decided she wanted to lip sync the opening scene of Finding Nemo because she was pretty sure she could do it. Is what she told us on the microphone. She's mm-hmm. like, yeah, I really think I can do this. Like, I used to listen to the movie every time I went to bed, so I'm pretty sure of the words. And she just lip synced it, and it was pretty pretty perfect. And she just does whatever she wants. Like, she's another example of someone who just does whatever they want, and people are going to respond well to it because you're enjoying yourself. Yeah. If you could drag swap with one New York City drag queen, who would it be? What does that mean? Like, you take their look, their their mixes and everything. You like You get to be them for a night. For just one night? Mm-hmm. Who do I want to be for one night? Yikes. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I would like to be... Well, you said New York City Queen? Yeah, anybody. You can Maybe be anybody. Gilda? She's still New York. Yeah, I know. But she's like... She's like got a lot of... She's got retail all over. Mm-hmm. The area. I would love to be Gilda for a night just to see, like, just to see what it's like to be Gilda. Yeah, that'd be fun. Absolutely. Who would you do for Snatch Game? Mm, when I did Snatch Game, originally I did Rosanna Rosanna Dana, but I wouldn't do that again. It's too obscure. Mm-hmm. I didn't realize that's something I learned from Iconic was like, hey, you don't have to be niche all the time. Um, what was the question? Who would I do? Um, well, I really wanted to do Catherine Hepburn, but I couldn't. It's so stupid. The reason I didn't do Catherine Hepburn is because I just couldn't find a pair of trousers that felt right. Should have asked Coco. I didn't know Coco really at that time. I kind of like had just no, I knew about her. Mm-hmm. Although Coco was a fan of mine because I remember they came to Broadway Week and they took a picture of their ballot and they had circled my name and added me on wow. Instagram. And like, I'm Team Darchi. And I was like, oh my God, I'm so honored. I wonder if they went for Decades Week because I did my Beatles number. Mm-hmm. I love my Beatles number. That's gone through a lot of changes, too. That was yeah. what was fun about Iconic. It was like, I was just doing a bunch of random stuff that I had never tried before. And it was going well. Yeah. What songs or artists that you currently don't perform do you want to add to your repertoire? 
I don't perform. Mm -hmm. I mean, obviously, you're adding Mary Happy to your repertoire, right? Yeah, I actually, I did that at my last rock bar show. And some woman gave me, like, all of her ones. I told you, it's a good song. It's so dumb. It's Say so thank dumb. you for picking that song for me. <sighs> thank you, Michael Bradley Block, for suggesting that night that I didn't really know what to do. You're welcome. Mary Happy by Kate Nash. Available on iTunes. There you go. Who else yeah. would you add? I love doing Kate Nash. I love doing Ani DeFranco. Um... But I do those. So who I haven't done, I have to really think of it. Really think of it. Because anytime I want to do something, I just do it. Yeah. Because I, I mean, like, what, what am I? Who's telling you now? Nobody is. No one's telling me no. Exactly. I mean, that sounds rapey, and I, I, <laughs> I'm all about consent. So if you tell me no, I'll back down. I'll back down. I don't know who I would perform. Because let me look at my cellular telephone really quickly. Your cellular telephone? It's a cellular device. Um, maybe Sutton Foster. Mm-hmm. I, for some reason, have this Scientology playlist, and it's all Sutton Foster. What and does that mean? I guess you'll have to tune in and find out. Oh, interesting. Do you think... Oh, Ruthless, the musical, Andy Starling suggested uh -huh. to me, and I'm definitely making it. There you go. There you go. Well, are you ready for the pop five rapid fire? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I'm going to give you five pop culture things, and you're going to respond to them, word, phrase, story, whatever you want to talk about, right? Okay, if I know about it, yes. Yeah. Well, number one is the Game of Thrones final season. Patty Cake hosts a viewing party for it somewhere, and I think <laughs> Sherry Poppins might even be doing one of those two. Where? I don't know. She's real excited about the show coming back, so maybe she's just excited. I know that if I was a Game of Thrones fan, I might be Arya Snark. <laughs> That's funny. That's good. That's good. Thank you. Thank you. Put it in the book. Mm -hmm. Number two is Disney's no big stroller policy. No big stroller policy? Mm -hmm. So, like, abnormally large children can't go to the playground? No, no, no. You just can't bring, like... You can't bring, you can't bring your twins? You can't the bring... The giant ones. You can't bring your caravan of children? I think that sucks. Yeah. Well, I know a lot of parents. I'm from Indiana, so like everyone was pregnant in my graduating class. <laughs> Oops. Except for you. Yeah, I tried. You tried, but didn't you didn't take. Didn't take. Next is Lori Lightfoot elected as Chicago's first black woman and lesbian mayor. I thought that was really cool. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's important. Mm -hmm. Progress. Progress. You can't stop progress. It's true. Number four is Moulin Rouge on Broadway. Great. You can go see it? No. Why not? Why would I? <laughs> because it's Moulin Rouge. Um, no. Not if, I mean, no. Okay, well, there you unless go. You, unless somebody gives me a ticket, I will go. Okay. And finally, I'm missing. Carly Rae Jepsen's new tour. I'm going with my friend Julia Rubin. Julia Lynn Rubin, she's an author. Yeah, I'm very excited. Are you going to uh, perform Party of One with her? It's the first concert I've ever really been to. Wow. Mm. Interesting. No. Well, we are introducing our new segment, Fan Corner, where I have some questions from the fans. Oh my god. So Pussy Willow and Andy Starling sent you 100 No, questions. no. Uh, I got none from Pussy Willow, actually. But this first audacity. question is from Zalika Parsons. I love Zalika. Um, the question is, why Scientology? Why not, Zalika? And why are you going to send a message like that? Why is she going to ask a question like that and then send me messages like, oh, it was so nice of you to come to the Scientology Center and say hi to me. Like, you chose it too, bitch. You can't help it. So let, let's see or die. I would like to understand the origin of Scientology in the world of Ariadurchi. Like, what is the origin of Scientology? Like Xenu? No, 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 no. How did you get involved in your? I have no idea. Love for Scientology. I really don't even know what happened. Was, was it be through Iconic or was it before? No, no, it was Iconic? before Iconic. It was before. It was much before Iconic. 
well, I was really fascinated with North Korea, and I was watching these live executions, and I thought, this is probably <laughs> not what I should be doing with my free time. Not at all! But, you know, there are so many, like... So you're not allowed to film in North Korea at all? No. But people do it anyway. So of course. I, I was watching all of those videos, and I was really... I, when I was nannying, I, there was this Korean, North Korean cartoon that I put on one time during lunchtime, and it was weird. They're all in, like, dictator costumes. So I don't know how I end up... I don't know where it came from. I think Leah Remini's Scientology in the Aftermath was coming out, and I, she, I watched the first few episodes. Oh, that's what it was. So I watched those at home with my family when I went home for Christmas, and I watched, like, the first six or eight episodes, and I was like, oh, this is so cool. But the thing that Leah Remini always says is, don't take my word for it. Go and find out about it for yourself. And so... Have, and you have not gone to the New York City Scientology Center, correct? I go outside. So right, you I gone used in. to. No, but I used to go sit on the Hamilton stage door and watch the Sea Org mm-hmm. members because after a certain time it closes, but there are still people regging people down on the second floor, like calling them and trying to get them to buy books or trying to get them to like donate money so they can go to bed, essentially. And um, sometimes the lights just turn out out of nowhere and everyone just stands still until they come back on. Do you think... Mm-hmm. I do often. It's time for Arya Durchi and a camera crew to mm-hmm. go inside. They won't let you have a camera crew in there, I asked. Then maybe it needs to be a body cam. Sometimes I can spot a Sea Org member, a Scientologist on the street, and I'll start singing We Stand Tall. Just because. And, and one time a girl's had whipped so fast. Wow. And I was like, oh, I better keep going, because it was still daytime. She could have dragged me into the center. It's true. Well, this is a question from Andy Starling. <gasps> I know her. Would you ever consider signing the billion-year contract and joining the Sea Org? No. I don't, I don't get any of the drag queens um, in New York. I take back everything I said. Nobody's <laughs> opinion is valid anymore. No. Um, I think it's funny, though, that I have this weird... I, anytime someone sees Mr. Rogers or Scientology, they send me... I get notifications about it from just, like... It's your brand. <laughs> Mr. Rogers and Scientology. Yeah, that sounds right. This is a question from Coco Taylor. If the Imagination Station had a food court, what restaurants would it have? It had a food court? Yeah. (laughs) Uh, It would definitely have a breadstick, endless breadstick um, cart Mm -hmm. of all different varieties, especially Little Caesars. A Little Caesars would be inside of Imagination Station. Actually, it would just be six Little Caesars (laughs) and an Olive Garden in case. (laughs) So they're going to compete against each other. They're going to compete for my business every day at Imagination Station. There you go. I'm going to eat imaginary breadsticks. I'm going to be imaginarily full. And this is the last question. I'm going to keep it anonymous. Okay, sure. Is Arya as big of a bitch as everyone makes her out to be? Oh, right. Yes. No. I don't know. I think it depends on the day. Yeah. And if I slept enough. Um, what is the optimal amount of sleep Arya needs? Thirteen to seventeen hours. <laughs> so basically, she's a bitch every day. Kind of no. It depends. I don't know. I really just am moody. Yeah. I don't know. So I have my previous guest ask my current guest a question, and this is a question from Kiki Ball Change. Kiki Ball Change. If you could be any celebrity for a day, living or dead, who would you be and why? Shaja Gabor. She had the most fascinating life of anyone I've ever read about. How much fun would it be to just go through her closet as Zsa Gabor? Yeah. And just calling up Ava. Ava, darling. And she's like, oh, yes, Zsa I would love that. I would love to be Zsa Except for, hold on. I want to be safe about it. I want to be Zsa before she lost the leg. And before okay. she like went into her um, coma. Yeah. 
So I want to say 1970s Zsa Zsa, or even like early 90s when she's slapping mm-hmm. the cops and eating food everywhere with David Letterman. Did you see those? No, I they think... to drive around and get burgers from all the different fast food places and then just eat them. Maybe Arya needs to do a Zsa Zsa Gabor show. <sighs> exactly. But I tried making a mix of Zsa Zsa and it's just there's not enough... There's not enough good quality anything. Well, now's your turn to ask my next guest a question. Who is it? You don't get to know. Oh, okay. Any question in the entire world? Jeez. What are you doing to create change in your community? All right, that's a good question. Mm-hmm. Good question. Well, if you've gotten this far in the podcast, use hashtag Tiparia on Venmo. Yeah. Where can we find you on social media? You can find me on Instagram at Aria Derci Baby, A R I A D E R C I B A B Y. You can find me on Venmo at Tip Aria, T I P A R I A. And that's it, only two places. I mean, I'm on Twitter, but I never tweet. I'm on Facebook, but it's just like, it's so messy. I have to make Arya Derchi her own Facebook account. Yeah, it's I have all time. these people, I have no idea who they are. So. Arya stands. Arya stands. Are you scared? Yes, I am. Well, this was fun. Thank you. Thanks for being here. <laughs> You're welcome. I had fun too. <laughs> the biggest thanks to Arya for coming on. Subscribe on Apple, iTunes, SoundCloud, or Stitcher and leave us a review while you're there. If you have any questions or comments, drop me a line at theaterthenow.com via our question link. Until next time, I'm Michael Block, and that was Block Talk. Mm-hmm.